If you really love Non-Corporate Girls podcast, make sure you join our private community on Zippy Stream. This is how you can get our latest updates, special offers, and check out bonus content all free. Whatever platform you're using to listen, click the Zippy Stream link in the bio, then share with a friend so they can join too. If you already have a podcast, hello, why not start your own private community on Zippy Stream? Use our promo code Non-Corporate Girls and we will both receive seven days of free marketing and promotion worth over $50. That's a win-win. Again, use our promo code Non-Corporate Girls and we will both receive seven days of free marketing and promotion worth over $50. Hey everyone, I'm Ayana. And I'm Delilah. We are the Non-Corporate Girls. We're the 9 to 5 and 5 to 9 me. Our podcast is a digital diary where we share our journey of being corporate professionals and entrepreneurs for the doers, creators, and believers. So are you non-corporate? Tune into the next episode. Hey, everyone. We're back for another episode. What's up, y'all? I'm a little under the weather and my voice is sounding crazy, but of course, I wouldn't miss another of chopping it up with my girl so that we could get into all this so that we have planned up ahead. Yes, and I'm so sorry that you're not feeling well, but that's talk about you, you being a trooper. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it so that everyone can hear from us this week. Yes, but for anybody who's sick, I hope y'all are feeling better because this seasonal weather and just being sick is so ghetto. It sucks, like it's awful. We were praying for a speedy recovery. Thank you. So this episode is titled Commitment to Professional Growth, and we are at episode 103. It feels like we've been like doing so many episodes, but we literally just came back from hiatus. Yes, but it almost even though we record bi-weekly, I, I don't know if it's just me. I, I feel like the episodes have been like back to back. Yeah, me too. And we have a lot of good things to talk about because these episodes have kind of written themselves out, which um you know, this topic specifically is exciting to bring up for that reason. Yes, 100%. But before we even get into that, I have to know, I mean, I know how you're feeling right now, which is sicky, but what's your positive note for the week? Yeah, so my positive note is that we celebrated my grandma's 81st, 81st birthday, which was a big deal. It was so much fun. We took her out to eat with the family and I was like wow we just celebrated her 80th like it lit the, I don't even know where did the year go yeah wait wasn't the, her 80th when y'all decorated her house and everything yes we went all out it was a big surprise some of our family came through from Florida so it's like she's still here with us god bless you know made it through COVID and all of that right. still like here to to share moments with us and you know people treated her like the queen at the restaurant because my grandmother does not look 81 and her her spirit is even younger than that I love it love abuela she's like everything (laughs) she's a trip (laughs) (laughs) she really is well that's good family time is always needed So I think on my end, um, it's it was actually really hard for me to come up with a positive note this week or over the past two weeks or so, because it's been like really hard weeks. And like, it's not hard in a sense, like there's something specific. It's just like everything is hard, you know? So it was really hard for me to think through that. But then I had to remind myself about why we start with a positive note. And it's because the world is such a shitty place and there's so many negative things that are happening. We have to continue to find those positive moments, right? Absolutely. But like going a little bit back, you said like everything seemed hard. Um, What were you doing to get past those moments? Because I think that's also, you know, the the silver lining and how we try to move forward and not stay stuck there. Of course. And that brings me to my positive note. So my positive note this week is just the feeling of being able to help people create and 
it's been an interesting journey because I feel like in the past couple of weeks, there's been an uptick of like people reaching out to me for like various things, like various things, like someone to like look at their profile or to connect them or to have a coffee chat or to like ask advice, like just like all kinds of things are happening, help with the business, like just different things. And it's like, I haven't like looked for anything. They've just kind of been coming. And every time those moments happen, it just reminds me of kind of like my purpose. And, you know, my purpose has always been to like help people tap into their potential. So I feel like I've been doing that in so many different ways, like randomly and kind and in small ways, but just really fulfilling ways. And that reminds me a lot of like what I love to do and how I love to help people. And I love to like create things. So that's been really fueling for me. No, that's super dope because I know for us, like we always speak about impact. And when you say like, you know, making a difference and helping people big and small at the end of the day is like the huge impact that it does for like that person or that project. And even though, you know, has little or big you contributed, it, it still makes a huge difference for someone else. Exactly. hundred, And that's exactly how I feel. And it makes me it just makes me so warm and happy. So. that's a great positive note well thank you so jumping into a hustle spirit we have some exciting news to share right we sure do i mean you are at oh wait no because i was getting ahead of myself (laughs) we are at the forefront of really kicking things off with our art of podcasting workshop so exciting i'm so excited me too. Me and Ayana have really worked hard in trying to bring this to fruition because it's not that we didn't have the idea. It was just like how to really finally execute in a way that made sense and could be ongoing and again, impactful. And so we were able to partner with the Freelancers Hub to present you guys on November 3rd, um, our Art of Podcasting Workshop, which is a beginner's course to putting a podcast together in a successful way. Yes. And it's been, it's been a labor of love and we're really excited to share this. And we want all of you to attend if you're interested in learning more about podcasts, whether you're a beginner or someone who's just thinking about it, you know, this is a good workshop for you. So We'll leave the link in our show notes for the RCP, or you can like follow us on social media. It's also there, but definitely look into it. And we hope to see you on November 3rd. Yes. So please do join us. Let a friend know who you feel may be interested or a young professional, because aside from creating a podcast, if that's an interest, it's just also a great tool to use. Um, when trying to learn a topic or a subject matter. So it's beyond like the creating of one. Right. So that's really exciting for us. And we're kicking, we've like the letter mentioned, we kicked off this tour. So we have a, we have a few other um, events taking place and we'll keep you updated of that. But this is our first one. Yes. So moving on to the next event this week coming up, um, unfortunately, by the time this episode drops, the event will have already happened. But if you follow us on social media, then you should have seen that um, our friend to the brand, Mim Connect, they are doing their first ever digital career fair. And it's for people, of, it's for BIPOCs, you know, it's for people of color. And we really want you to come and show show support, um, learn some tips, tips tricks, advice, um, there's going to be recruiters on hand that can help you with your resume and do interviews and things of that nature. And it's just going to be a really interactive event. And fortunately for us, <laughs> I am going to be on the High I'm Awkward networking panel, which is such a cool panel to be on because on Non-Corporate Girls, we talk all the time about what it's like to build your network, what it's like to network across and how valuable your social relationships are. So it's going to be really cool to talk about that, especially because I consider myself an introvert slash extrovert. So um, definitely going to be exciting to share tips on how I navigate in my world. Yeah, and also the career fair is called In Good Company. And I just think Mim Connect does a really phenomenal job of not making this such a stuffy kind of networking event. It's right. really designed to be very open and welcoming and, and people are looking for that talent or that discussion or touch bases. So really make yourself available and get comfortable um, and use this opportunity as a chance um, to kind of speak 
and share your maybe your elevator pitch or if you're shy in introducing yourself, it, it's a virtual way for you to start getting comfortable with that. Yeah. And it's a half day event. So there's a lot, there's a lot of things to engage with. So take advantage. Also, our social media gals, Carla, is also um, heavily involved in helping bring this to fruition and is also leading a panel. Yes. So shout out to Carla. And again, tune into the event all day. There's so much good pieces, gems, people to connect with. Yes, I'll definitely be checking it out. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, so that that brings us to a short break, and we'll be right back. Have you ever thought about advertising on a podcast? Podcasts are digital recordings made for others to listen on a computer or MP3 device. So why not start now? Hundreds of listeners could be listening to your ad just as you are. Reach out to noncorporategirls at gmail.com to learn more about how you can get your business or service featured. So we are winding down, rather turning up on Hispanic Heritage Month. <laughs> it does, it's a month long, but of course. Um, amazing things are happening worldwide every day by Latinx people, ourselves included, trying to just bring awesomeness to the world and our talents and creativeness across different industries. Um, but Yana, tell us a little bit about the programming that has taken place this month. Yeah. So, you know, you you and I both know across multiple organizations, there's a ton of programming, especially with a lot of ERG groups. So there's so many cool things to attend. Um, internally and externally, but internally, um, being that um, I'm now at LinkedIn, they have really done a good job of bringing a lot of programming to life in various um, topics around Hispanic Heritage Month. So I attended this, I've attended a few things, but this one event I attended was called Shades of Brown, Understanding Colorism in the Latinx Community, and it had some really great panelists on on deck. Um, there was a moderator who was, who was the head of nonprofit who worked at LinkedIn, who works at LinkedIn. And then there's this one girl named um, Jamie Jackson, and she is the on-camera personality and founder of the Blonde Misfit. And she was an Afro-Latin, representing as an Afro-Latin on the panel. And there, she had so many great gems and things to say. And I was really in, I was really refreshed by her dialogue because I felt like, as someone who's also an Afro-Latina and represents as an Afro-Latina who's like brown skin, it felt good to see someone else kind of like speaking my truth in a sense. Um, what was something that stood out and what she, you know, what she mentioned? She was talking about growing up and not being able to speak Spanish or speaking Spanish and people looking at you a certain way because they're like, oh, you're a brown girl. Like, how are you able to like speak Spanish? Right. Um, having a mix of knowing that she has like Latin Latin food that she like eats and things like that. But then being around people who are kind of like, oh, you know, oh, you eat that like you're from the Caribbean or are you from Latin America? Like, what is it? Or, or are you black? You know, like just different her different um, interactions throughout her childhood. And just how how she never question how she didn't question enough some some things and how you know how she it impacted how she showed up and how she had to learn as she became more of an adult to embrace her both her sides in an authentic way and what that looked like for her without society telling her or putting her in a box of who she should be. So those were just kind of like the things that she talked about, she mentioned. And then it talked a lot also about like, how does that translate at work and things like that. And also some of the other people in the panel was um, this really dope woman named Sammy. She's the president and CEO of um, Urban Dirt. And then this guy named Andre Jackson Jones, who, sorry, Jones, who's the creator partnerships manager at Jellyfish. So they were all kind of talking about their own experiences, but it just felt really good to like, one, it felt good to have the conversation because- not a lot of a lot of people don't talk about colorism enough, I feel, especially mm -hmm. within the Latin community. But two, it felt good to also like have someone speak sort of my story, too, you know, and it just continues to remind me of like, you're not alone. Other people feel this way or other people have had mm -hmm. these experiences. And this is this is the kind of um, 
conversations we really need to have to continue to unpack this and grow from this and figure out, walk in our purpose and figure out what that looks like for us. I absolutely agree. And for a lot of people, you know, when you're in your safe space of like, you know, at home or amongst your peers, your families and friends, you, you don't really see a difference or, or that you, you are quote unquote different until you introduce to another group of people. And it's just like, you're trying not to justify who you are, but make it make sense to others. And sometimes you, I think like, is that even our responsibility to do? Right. A hundred percent. And, but it's, it's a, it's a constant battle though. Right. It's like, there's so many different moments that impact different things. So it's, it's like, sometimes it's hard to like figure out like which way to, which way to how to navigate really. I agree. I think one thing um, that I've come to learn and I feel in different ways have, have heard this lesson is to just be so secure and sure about who you are, whatever you define yourself as, or like, you know, what's bad, what your values are, like who you are as a person so that no one can tell you that of yourself. A hundred percent. And I feel like, like listening to her and then also being like, I think what at the top of the year, I was on this one panel, um, for love my roomie summit. And, um, it was around Latinidad as well and just identity. And I think like that being on that panel and talking about that really was one of the, was one of the moments when I realized like how I've been showing up and how um, this experience of being Afro Latina has kind of shaped my life. And what does that look like? And I really had to like grow into that. I really had to like figure out what that looked like for me. And I felt like at least when I was doing that panel, it really like showed myself like, oh, like you've really like stepped into what that looks like and you've owned this. And I, and I, and I listening to her talk too, I'm kind of like, okay, I need to really like, like share this story a lot more because, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've gotten to a place where I am like super confident in who I am and how I'm coming, like, what does that look like? with me representing myself as an Afro-Latino or Afro-Panamanian or whatever that looks like. So I feel like other people out there feel the same way. And, you know, I probably should share my story more too. <laughs> yes, speak on it. We love that for you. <laughs> so, go, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You finish. Oh, I was going to say, yes. Yeah, speaking of another Afro-Latina. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But even before I get into that, because I totally like you reminded me through your event, one that I also attended to support an awesome friend of mine um, who did something for Hispanic Heritage Month is Ada, who is the founder of Vecina Couture. And she recently had an amazing partnership with HBO Palante. Well, HBO Max Palante, which is like their vertical that speaks to Latinx. Afro-Latinas um, multicultural um, programming. And it was like going to um, your grandma's living room and linking up with all your cousins. And I had the opportunity to create a whole experience at a new venue at the Bronx called Rosa at the Park. And it was just a great time of celebration, um, putting the Sina Couture on front, which is a Latina-owned business. And HBO recognizing the importance of, of allowing her that platform and also doing so in the Bronx, mm-hmm. where certain times, you know, the inner cities are overlooked for, for these kinds of, <clears throat> what do you call it, um, exposure. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it was a big deal for that. And it just think you just think about future events and how, you know, people coming up in the industry um, can use that as motivation ha- that it's possible. And so shout out to Ana. She did a, an amazing execution of, of that event. And yeah, I attended and it just felt good. It was the first event that I went to that was like feeling back to normal in the sense of going back out to to branded programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just cool to support and catch up with people. Shout out to ladies who bronche who were also there. And I got to catch up with people. It was real laid back, but it was it was beautiful, beautiful, like from the core to just um the programming, the food, all of it. And yeah, Ada is doing amazing things with taking Vecina Couture to this very small idea um, and expanding in such a short amount of time. So I'm glad I was able to support in that way. 
Yeah, I love I love that we're seeing so much more of these like partnerships and collaborations because they're really important. And the fact that people are continuing to find innovative ways to like bring our narratives forward. Um, it's just it's just really great. And I'm, I'm really happy that these brands are t- finally taking notice and doing what's right for them. Yes, we deserve. And you know what to mention? Like, yeah, I'll give the brands credit, but there are some Latinas and Latinos um, working at these brands who are, right. are pushing this envelope and helping because they are the voice from the inside. So they know exactly who to be reached out to and who should be included and given a, a chance to. So it's like, I'm, I'm just great that we even in these spaces to, to help pull up our fellow, you know, other um, creatives and professionals um, who wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity. Exactly. And that's what that's all that's that's the premise of in good company as well. Like it's really about how are we continuing to support each other, bring each other in so that we do have these seats at the table and we're able to advocate for each other. Yes, I love that. I love love saying it. Yes. And going a little bit into a transition, not to be messy at all, because I, <laughs> I am a fan of Lala and she's another Afro-Latina who does a lot for the community and just an all overall, in my eyes, like just um solid celebrity. Like I see Lala has a celebrity, but she also is, is so like real and she seems accessible to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, But we never really hear from her and have do you feel like you see Lala in the public eye much aside from like being on Instagram or like like working like doing shows you never really like no I never see her doing any I never see her in the spotlight and doing anything messy outside of when her the whole her and Carmelo thing outside of that I don't really she's just really just like around yeah like she's low-key she just like kind of does her work and keeps moving and you know her friendship between um Ciara and and Vanessa Bryant I just think like is really dope to see um I just thought that it was interesting and I bring it up that because she hasn't spoken the fact that she has been open uh speaking with Angie Martinez about you know her split with Carmelo Anthony it was you know a high profile situation that was messy at the time um but the reason I even brought it up is because you can see the work that she's done in the interview. She clearly has a therapist and has worked through situations. And, and one thing that's just admirable is the way she um, approached the situation, even feeling as hurt as she was and really done wrong by somebody who was supposed to be, you know, her partner of the half. Right. Uh, didn't take, didn't take like the celebrity messy route and instead was just trying to be a good example to her son and I don't think that we see that often like people you know just and with you know you can't tell people how to react in certain situations but Mm -hmm. the fact that she took that stance to try to do things amicably um I think just says a lot for for people in you know her shoes yeah, I, I didn't I didn't catch the interview, but um, I do. I agree with you, though. I think that like there's there's a, there's the right way and then there's the wrong way to handle a lot of different things. And even though we can't there's no you can't tell someone how to handle any particular situation. It's like she took she she knows who she is and how she's coming across. And she wants to make sure that she is controlling her narrative. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and that's just the way you have to do it. So I'm I'm really I'm really shocked that she actually did this interview, but I'm glad that you're saying that you see a lot of growth in her and healing, I guess. Absolutely. And definitely just like taking the high road and, you know, still working and being honest that the internet just constantly reminds us of of things that we're trying to move forward from. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that kind of spotlight is just something that comes with the territory of like you having to sometimes relive things although you already have worked through them, but it's just a testament of, of that growth. And little by little, I think for all of us, the lesson here is that as things mean less, you know, the growth is happening because it it doesn't impact you as it once did when it was probably just happening. I love that. It's so true because growth is, growth is a beautiful thing. And it's ongoing. Like we always have to grow. It's an evolution. Yes. Yes. My favorite thing to say always is 
change is the only thing constant. Like you cannot, we can't control anything. We can only control what we can control in our space. And change is the only thing constant. So with that in mind, we're a constant work in progress because we're always evolving. And that is a fact. <laughs> Speaking of evolving, I wish these student loans will like go away like forever. <laughs> yeah, like evolve out of my account. I'm so confused about why we're still paying these. I don't understand, but I thought that this was good news to bring up off the record. And as I was told, it is basically reiterating something that exists. So apparently the Department of Education announced that public service loan forgiveness um, borrowers who who have paid like 120 qualifying payments, their loans were going to be forgiven. That would include people who work like in federal, state or local sectors. So the first thing I thought about was like, you know, teachers, maybe mm-hmm. social workers and, um, you know, people that work in, in federal level. But basically, this was the same plan that I think Obama may had in place. And what was happening was a lot of people who did those 120 qualifying play- payments when they went up to get the rest of it um forgiven they were being denied like at a rate of 90 percent so then so this is a lie so this is yes it's basically people um who were denied this is like almost in other words a reminder to to reapply for the forgiveness it's not saying like it's not saying that if you are in these sectors, it's a guarantee that you get a loan forgiveness. So the the wording of whoever was the journalist or however this was presenting, presented, it was so vague and almost like it got your hopes up for nothing. That's horrible. That's really horrible. It is. And I'm just like, especially for teachers where, you know, part of the perks of, of of that profession is right. you know you're contributing your time after a while your loans do get forgiven but whatever was created like it was so poorly executed or how it's being ran is a joke people who rightfully should have their balances forgiven it, it hasn't happened first of all it takes you know how long it takes to get to 120 qualifying payments like it's um, like forever <laughs> it's so unfair it's so unfair. Like I, I'm still paying loans, just do um private and federal loans. But um, it's just always funny to me because whenever I try to like do some type of forget, I'm always like, how many payments have I had? It's never at 120 ever. Like I'm like, how? What? When am I gonna get to 120? Right, and and the word qualifying, I feel like it's used loosely. Right, right. Because what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. So just for anybody, um, you know, who ha- has a loan, just keep tabs because there's so many changes happening. There's loopholes. Um, so many service providers are ending their contracts. So see where loans are going because a lot of things are changing. Have your information up to date and make sure that you're in communication so that things transfer accordingly. So this is more like a heads up, myself included. And all of us who are facing this, because I know that student loans are the death. Literally, literally. It's like, it's like the gift that I never asked for. Word. And the thing is like, literally, that was the only thing that was removed. Like, that's seriously my only debt. Same, same. I don't, I don't want to get upset. (laughs) I know I don't. And I just be like, it's the debt that I might just die with because I'm like, for what? For what? Yes, I I have the same sentiments. <laughs> but moving on, we just want to inform as you guys um, try to do as best as possible. Yeah. So on to something that I'm so, I know that I get why it's happening, but I'm sad to see it go. 12 more days until the final season of Insecure season five. Well, how are you feeling? Do you have any theories? Are you thinking about like what, the first episode is going to look like um i'm kind of just like waiting same same and also like we saw the trailer right like there's so much shit happening in there it's a lot to unpack (laughs) it really is were you um team condola or or team isa first of all i'm real pissed that this that she had that she got pregnant i'm still on that so i'm definitely not on her team (laughs) i 
feel you so much. And it just makes me think of like relationships and like the timing of everything just be so wrong, but you wish it was right. But there's something in the way, like too many people could relate to it, which we all know. And I think that's what pisses people off with Condola. But, um, but the other thing though, is like, Time, even though we do wish that the timing, we feel like the timing's off and blah, blah, blah. Timing is always right, though. We just, we we may not accept it. <laughs> All right, Ayana, like, we don't have to do these kind of lessons. Like, I get it. You're attacking me. <laughs> no, but what, what are your other thoughts? <laughs> don't laugh. I, I don't have any more thoughts after what you just said. I just feel like I, I just want to watch the season in peace. <laughs> No, I was, I'm so I'm so sad it's ending though. Like I mean, I it, it gave me everything I needed. You know, what it I was mean? such a great show. Like I, I I just wish everybody loved it because it's, there's some people that are not fans. I'm like, how don't you love this show? I'm just so curious what Issa's gonna do next. I hope it's she she brings us something else. Like because I know she has her. so much. I know she has so much other stuff that I've watched too. Like twenty some like twenties, and then this other like she has other stuff. But like it's not insecure though. You know, like insecure is like insecure. Like it's like literally like the twenty thirty somethings like girlfriend's guide. Like it's it's insecure. <laughs> it is, and that cast like that was a great cast. I can't yeah. even front like they all had something that, and it was just something about like um dumping professionals like i just felt like it could have been our story like, like you know, that's but, what i'm saying like yeah. it's like our life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it was so good it was so good and like he still had like a whole wedding happen so i just feel like she's just pulling pulling stops with things that are happening and and we'll just get those surprises how she feels like she's ready to reveal them agreed agreed but um yeah we can't wait um have you been there's other shows coming up too queens is coming up are you did you hear about that are you gonna tune in i heard vaguely of queens um but i'm not sure what the storyline is there I, I feel like i've seen it in passing so it's brandy um notori um uh, i did because Eve. i seen, <laughs> now i know what you're talking about because i seen some like promo of it with like cameron exactly and i'm like i have many i'm like why why are we doing this um i'm you know happy to support i support everything with my people so i will watch but i'm kind of like i'm really questioning why this is happening right like how do we get these group of people um a part of this like how did yeah pick pick them exactly but on the other side of that the new show our kind of people featuring yaya the costa I'm feeling that. And it's it's a it's soap opery for sure. It's a mix between like star and like the haves and the have nots, but I still kind of dig it. Have you seen that? No, and you and you know, fall TV is like BTV. <laughs> so I'm like, where am I in life? Um, where are you? I need you to get up on it. I sure do. I've been um catching up on some things on Netflix, like I was watching Made. Um so Yes, been- I'm like halfway through that. I'm like halfway through as well. And um, I didn't jump on the Squid Games wagon. I did not. Uh, I did, but I question a lot of things. Continue. <laughs> yeah, so here we are. But um, we'll see. I usually, I, I feel like I jump on things way afterwards, like when I'm you ready. You do. You do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving into a little bit of entertainment, Bad Bunny for Allure, huh? Yes, so Bad Bunny is gracing the cover of Lore, and I just think it's so because we all love Bad Bunny music. Yeah, like who doesn't love Bad Bunny? I know he's just such like like I don't know a ray of sunshine. And in this um issue, he just breaks so many social norms, and he's so comfortable with like truly being who he is. And one thing that he mentioned was like he has been this way since he was young, but he just feels liberated to to be who he is like in um some of the images he was rocking his pink hair he had a skirt he had face pearls and um in the article he mentions how how when he was young his like going to the mall was like like a a special like outing and he would love going shopping with his mom and felt that woman has so many options of clothing with colors and styles and patterns. And when it came to menswear, 
it was just like a drag. Like he mm-hmm. felt it was boring. And so he always has taken to women's clothing and, you know, expressed himself that way. So, you know, the life he's living right now, it, it's, it may seem new to us. It's not new to him, but he feels like he really is being allowed to be who he is. And although there have been many before him with, you know, this similar narrative, he feels like he was born at the right time so that he can um, kind of cultivate that and be supported and it not feel like weird where, you know, there was many other people when they were younger. It was like, right. you know, shame. There's more all- of a community that's a, a more public community. Exactly. And I just thought it was great. And I just feel like he he's such a great example for this generation of, you know, owning who you are, um, being proud of that, um, embracing your uniqueness and and not having to explain any of it to anybody who, who doesn't understand that. Facts. And I and people like him, the disruptors, right? People like him, people like Nas, little Nas X, people like Lizzo, people like Rihanna, like people who are just always out here disrupting shit. Yes. And I just encourage everybody to be a disruptor in their own right. It doesn't have to be on a large, huge scale. You can disrupt shit in your everyday just by the choices you make, the rooms you show up in, how you show up, and um, the people you try to advocate on behalf who, who can't do it for themselves. Amen. The biggest thing to remember is that you can only be authentically yourself. There's no one else is going to be like you. So why not show up in all your glory? Yes. Like, why not? The world needs you. (laughs) The world needs you. Oh, my God. So true. And speaking of another disruptor, our hashtag obsessed with is actress MJ Rodriguez from Pose. We love Which her. I did not know she was from Newark. Newark. Yes. And the Afro-Latina, like, we love her. <laughs> Look at New Jersey having a little bit of flair. I'm done with you. Don't, don't. <laughs> you know, you know that New Jersey is going to be like, we got color over here. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> no, but we love MJ. We just feel like, first of all, her character in Pose for me was just groundbreaking. Everything. Everything. She was the mother. Yes. And and she was just I don't even know. It, it was just so many lessons, even if if that was not um like, you know, a lifestyle you you can relate to because it's not your lifestyle. I feel like the lessons and the values anyone can take away from those. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. I and- wonder what she's going to do. She, I know she's, um you know, been in campaigns and she yeah. does advocate for her community and, and they love her. A hundred percent. It's so great to see it. Like, it's so great to see. And speaking of um, the community, um, what's India Moore is going to be in the next um, Aquaman film. I was like, what? That's amazing. Did you hear that? No, I did not know. And I definitely want to watch. That's the same. It's December 2022. But she's going to be with my boo. (laughs) She's that's another fave that was of mine on pose. Like, she's so dope. I want to hang out with India. Same, same. She should be our friend. Same, same. But um, yeah, so we love MJ Rodriguez. If you haven't checked out Pose, you're sleeping under a rock. So definitely check out Pose. It the, the series has wrapped, unfortunately, but you can binge all of it. Um, and just we love her and we continue to support her and can't wait to see what else she does. I have no idea what her next project is, but can't wait. I to don't, but I just felt like we needed to acknowledge her and close out Hispanic Heritage Month with a queen. Yes, indeed, such a queen. So let's get into let's talk about it, okay? <laughs> yes, let's do. It. So, talk to me. Yes, okay. So we we have so many conversations always around our growth, our professional growth. What does that look like in a work environment? When we started this podcast, you know, we literally were going through such a hard time at our the jobs at the time, and we were literally questioning a lot of things like. Do we just leave? We haven't been here a year. You know, like, is that the right move? Like, there were so many things that came up because of our environment. And it really, you know, and it it made us question ourselves. You know, how are we showing up? Can we not cut it? Like, are we not, like, is this not the right fit? Like, all kinds of things came up. But, you know, we did, essentially, we did what we needed to do. But those are questions that come up a lot in the work world, right? Like, is it too soon? Like, how soon is too soon to leave a job? And what are, what is the criteria around that? Right. And also, even before that, when when you're trying to think about, 
you know, moving up and, and promotions, a lot of times people say it's easier to move to the next thing to move up. But what impact have you created before? So that's what really drove this conversation and, and why we felt like, you know, jumping around sounds ideal and great, but I think it, it's a strategic way of how to go about it. Agreed. And I will say, so like just taking it a step back, back in the day, right? And this and before before our time, I'm saying, but back in the day, you know, it was it was the right thing to do to stay at a job for a long time. Like being a lifer was a thing. Like that's what you wanted to do. That was the yes. focus. La- later on in life and our generation on, um, being a lifer is not a thing, right? Like we look at people crazy who have been at jobs for like 10, 20 plus years, pending the field, pending the field. But like in, in, in theory, you kind of want to be able to like move around and get different experience and continue your growth in different ways. And also creating a lot of opportunity for what that looks like for you, because no gone are the days where you have to like be in a certain job for a specific role, right? Nowadays we get to kind of create roles and jobs are like creating roles. Like This is just kind of the environment we live in. So it's like, how do you know when it's too soon to leave or not? And it's just like, that looks different, obviously, pending where we're at in generations because we're not lifers. But also, like, is there something to be said for the lifers, right? Or people who don't jump around as often about actually committing to a role and, you know, maybe getting getting the most out of it for however long that may be before actually going to someplace new. Right. And also being a lifer really came about because job security has over time become non-existent and also the way of the world. I feel like the Internet disrupted um, ways of doing work where people no longer needed to hire physical human beings to do certain roles and they were replaced by by tech so that really transitioned into being creative and in the type of roles you take on and so like I admire people that stay in roles for three and five years and um I, I don't know if part of it is is the type of work you do that allows you to grow because for the people that I've seen stay in in for that long they've either grown to that like executive role and then like once you're there um you kind of have the leverage to create that impact but I feel like for people or junior and beginning levels you those are the the jobs that get cut so if you're not being able to grow you end up facing the fact that you do have to jump into something else and sometimes because you your longevity in that prior role wasn't long enough it'll end up being jumping back to another beginner role right right yeah I mean that's true but so it really it it really does depend so I think I think what we're saying is now in today's society it how long you stay at a company really really is on what your goals are and what you're looking to create for yourself. And it doesn't have to be, it's not a yes, it's not a a right or wrong answer in a sense. Like you can't, if you decide that you want to be at a job for three, five years and you're meeting your goals, then that's fine. But if you decide that within a year or let's say less than a year that you are not these, this job is not meeting your goals or you're not, you know, these are the expectations. It's okay to leave. It is. And I will even take it a step further. And aside from meeting your goals is, are you creating impact? Because those people who want those promotions and to like grow in their careers, just meeting goals is not enough. Right. This is true. So do you think that like, so here's a question, pending the type of role it is, do you think that someone could be in a role for six months and they're able to create that impact? Um, I don't think, I think from what we've discussed overall is I think the right time to leave maybe is six months, but only if in six months you were able to create something from inception to execution and kind of see it through. If you left something mid project and mm-hmm. really didn't add value to something in the course of your time that literally when you leave from there, um, they're going to feel your loss, then I think you haven't stood enough. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think that's a good way to phrase it because a lot of people nowadays, um, especially the younger generation, you know, putting in the work is can be questionable. Like, I'm not saying that people don't put in work. People definitely do. But there are people who feel like they can do a certain amount of things and they can actually get by and they're able to actually continue to grow and they, they're able to get the role they want. And it, sometimes it's like life doesn't quite work that way. Like you actually have to make sure that you're putting in the work, having the value before you yeah. can actually expect something in return or decide that you're going to just automatically get this. Facts. Our generation is definitely, um, we we get the brunt of, of feeling entitled. Mm-hmm. Like we get hit with that a lot. And, and I get it. It is that we want to strive for more and we want more. But again, there's a strategic way of, of how to get more and, and not kind of be all over the place in, in the process. And I love that you said strategic. It's the best. That's the best word. And the biggest thing that we tell people all the time and that we've heard all the time is that if you want to leave your job or you want to start a business, whatever you want to do, you got to have a plan. And that's that comes with the strategy piece. Like you can't just pick up, you can't just move on to something else. You have to plan it and make sure that it is the right move for you. And that brings me to a question that we, well, I saw this question because I'm part of MimConnect. Um, we're both part of MimConnect. But I saw this question on the group chat and I thought it was a really great question. So I wanted to pose it here. And the question is, which do you prefer to work for? Uh, do you prefer to work for A, a big name company that provides you with great connections or B, a company that meets your needs and moral standards? Yeah, well, for me to answer this question, I feel like it depends where you are in your career. Yeah. What's going to help you get to the best next step at the time? Because let me tell you, certain companies that I know, me having them on my resume is going to get me to the company that that's going to meet my need and moral standard. A hundred percent. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I, and that's why when I answered the question, I was like, this is a tough question because it really, it really goes back to person and where are you at in your life? Because working for a big company is great, but to your point, what, what are your goals? What is the impact you're going to have there? And also knowing that a lot of the big companies, unfortunately, you're not going to get those, those other boxes that you want to check that company culture, you know, those benefits, like there's other things that you may be sacrificing to work at a big company. And that's okay. If you have a, a plan and you know what you're looking for versus like going to a smaller company, they're more about culture. Well, a lot of them are more so about culture and things like that. And they're going to want to help, they're going to help you with, the growth that you're looking for and it's going to take a, a shorter amount of time to get there no absolutely and remember when you're thinking of big companies a lot of people feel that they rather maybe a small because of the impact and what they're able to do and the projects they're given whereas like in a bigger company you're competing with with so many other people or right. you know trying to like work your way up amongst a whole bunch of people that may be ahead of you or, you know, nepotism happens more frequently in a big name company. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just something to think about as you navigate that. A hundred percent. It's like back in the day in college, like when it was like, do you go to a big university versus a small liberal college? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to be a number or do you actually want to be a person? Yeah, that's a fact. That is such a fact. So I guess we're just saying here that when it comes to commitment to professional growth, it is definitely a journey. As with everything, we just talked about evolution and what change looks like. So it is an evolution um, to get there. But it's also one of those things that you do have to commit to because your personal growth trajectory is not a linear path. So you definitely have to make sure that you're committed to whatever the bumps are, the opportunities are, the being open to different things, because it's going to look a lot different than you ever thought it it would, really. Yes. And and let's get into this taking accountability factor, right? Where we just feel mental health and and that terminology and also toxicity in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just another means of deflecting, you know, how how you're showing up or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say about that? 
it's and it goes back to self. It goes back to self. Like I'm telling you, people need to do the work with self. Like, and and I'm speaking to me, you know, I'm speaking to you. Like, it's a constant thing we're constantly having to do. But it's like you really have to check in with yourself because at what point do you start? Do you continue to blame your environment for the moves you're making and stop realizing that you're the you're the re, you're the problem? in these environments, you know, there's, there's that factor too. And I think people need to really own up to that. And you can't own up to that if you're not doing the work. A lot of people don't know how to be intuitive with like be reflective within. They don't know how to like do that. So they're going to continue being in these cycles of crying wolf or crying this when in actuality, they're not really showing up the way they need to. For sure. And another thing, cause I know when we had this conversation, we mentioned uh, how people have moved um, from role to role and, and, you know, kind of made it to the top. And there's others looking and seeing how making these moves. And it's not always necessarily due to maybe their skill set and task. And mm-hmm. that's something also to recognize as you're being strategic. Um, not saying that the people who are in these roles are not capable to do the job. Oftentimes, is the team right beneath them that's helping to bring these fruition. And I know there is a correlation in that, but it does matter who those people are helping to if that makes sense. Yes, it does make sense. Um, yeah, and we talk about that all the time as well. Like, it's just, you know, it's it's say it's like calling a spade a spade. You know what I'm saying? There are people And out the grass here, is not always greener. The grass yeah. is not always greener. Like they people out here like, oh, I did this, I did that, I got to XYZ. And it's just like, okay, so you had a team of people help you do this. And that's totally fine. You get to own that. But like again, t- call us like call a spade what it is. Like, you know, it's it's just it gets really interesting. But to your point, people do see people moving up in different roles or doing different things and thinking like, oh, that's going to be their same trajectory. And it's like, it still comes back to self. Like, what, what do you, what, what's your purpose? You know, what do you want to get out from this? Everyone has a plan. So those same people who are moving up and getting all these, these accolades for things that they may or may not have done, we don't know, you know, they got a plan. So you can't, you can't be upset at people's plan. Exactly. And, and I, I even mentioned that to, to just put a spotlight on, on stop comparing. Yeah. Right. Which we do all too often. And it's so hard, (laughs) but it's also being, that's what, that's coming back to self, being confident in yourself and how you're showing up in the work that you're doing and knowing that you are going to get where you're trying to go. Again, the world needs you. And I think that's just a great way to close us out. Be you. (laughs) Yes, we can't wait to guys give your feedback. Let us know, um, you know, write to us, respond to our newsletter, comment in our, our social channel. If anything ever stands out in any of our episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, and as always, thank you so much for being patient with us as we go through all our trials and tribulations, but we always hope that everything that we share here resonates with you and that you feel like you're part of the community. Yes, on that note, we out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Non-Corporate Girls Podcast. We're headed back into our 9 to 5 tomorrow, but don't forget you're 5 to 9. I'm Delilah, and you can follow me at Miss Delilah C. And I'm Ayana. Follow me at the underscore Aya underscore brand. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Non-Corporate Girls on your favorite streaming platform and sign up to our newsletter to stay in the know. Until next time.